Welcome to the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, hit the like button, or any subscribes. It really helps us with the algorithms. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is produced by the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. All opinions are those of the speakers. We invite you to join us on the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at SCGCPF for more fun. Now, let's get on with this installment of Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Here we are. Let's rock. Hey, Roy, Roy. Hey, 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 hey. Well, we'd like to welcome everybody to number 63 of the Santa Cruz Guitar Players co Podcast. I was going to say podcast there. So, but it's not a fish show. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> today we have Richard Hoover. And Richard's going to talk to us about um, a little bit of what happened at Fretboard Journal. And uh, I'm dying to know about some of the wood that's been coming in. Um, I, I saw, I saw a sneaker of something go out that like this guitar is going to Eddie's guitar and it looks like it's going to be a monster. Is so, that sparkling, uh, beauty or what? It's yeah, um, maybe a little much for some people, but that's all a glow. I'm, I'm thrilled uh, with. Yeah. I, 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 I can't imagine what it is like in person. Um, over. over. <laughs> you, could, you could call up Eddie's and order the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, and we're and we're and we're and 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 we're supposed to be talking podcast here, but we're we're kind of we're kind of digressing into this absolutely amazingly beautiful guitar that Santa Cruz is shipping right now, or has shipped already. Um, that. Yeah, that's a culmination of a lot of relationships. Uh, uh, most of them go back about 40 years. And when we said we wanted something special, what did they come through for us? Yeah, that top wood is what? What's the top wood? It's it, well, just, just tell us <laughs> if you can. By default, by default, now the name is San Lorenzo Sinker. Um, yeah. San Lorenzo River runs right. Uh, by the shop and it goes way up into the the mountains the headwaters or way up uh, uh, near the the summit that would go over to Los Gatos and this is a tree that uh, judging by the grain patterns probably would have been living about 1500 years old and it would have fallen uh, uh, you know going about 200 years it probably fell naturally uh, because there weren't there wasn't anybody around that was cutting trees back then the aboriginal people knew better they used the uh uh you know they they benefited from the trees but they didn't kill them to do that so this tree would have tumbled into the river from uh lightning old age wind who knows and it got lodged there uh for a couple of hundred years and i say that because the the log itself you know the, the rest of the tree would have uh uh uh, broken away limbs and things like that. So the actual trunk of the tree um, had uh, this like kind of uh, degradation at the ends on the end grain of it that I'm guessing about 200 years in the water. We didn't carbon date, but I don't think that's necessary. So 200 years in the water. And then in 2003, there was a, a storm that was only beaten by the one we had last year. And it was such a gully washer that it dislodged that log. It tumbled all the way down the San Lorenzo River to the sea by the Santa Cruz boardwalk. And then would have washed out into the ocean and finally washed up on the beef beach 
south of the river mouth. And uh, uh, we're at a point now that you can't just go down on the beach and cut up this these kind of uh, uh, gifts from God. You've got to go through a big process and mostly to go to the landfill. But uh, luckily, a colleague of ours got a hold of it. And it took about, um, you know, it's taken almost five years now, all the way through COVID to get access to it. As you can see, it's, it's one of a kind. It's beautiful. And here's a great time for a disclaimer. I would tell any builder not to use flamed redwood uh, because the potential for uh, deformation. Um, being experts in it, I know that the grain configuration in this is appropriate. And we've done um, uh, uh, kind of torque tests and bend tests on it to make sure that it's okay. So in general, don't use flame redwood, but this is one of a kind, not only from its look, but that it's appropriate for acoustic guitar building. How's that for a mouthful? How, uh, how many do you think you'll get out of it? Um, uh, uh, maybe single digit, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit more. And we still have, uh, you know, this was a, a huge, huge tree and depending on where you cut it it has different configurations we may find a bit more so i i won't say for certain we're limited to single digits uh we may get a little bit more but it's it's very rare you bet wow. uh what a what a um what a glowing uh um presentation isn't it yeah it's 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 it, it's staggering it, it, you just you, you just <laughs> You really, you don't even think it's real, you know. It, no. It, it, you really don't think it's real because it is just so alive. Um, uh, that poa is all lit up in itself. And so this is yeah. a all of my favorite woods, my favorite model. Uh, I'm in heaven with this one. Yeah, that, that, that's really great. Um, so tell us a little bit about Fretboard Journal. It sounds like, and, and it sounds like you went... Um, you, you, you traveled a little bit there, had a little bit of an adventure. Um, I did. I did. I've, uh, you know, I'm uh, uh, a little compromised with an uh, injured foot. And my, you know, Josh, Joshua Hoover here did a wonderful job uh, getting me bulkhead seats, a wheelchair, and backstage access on the airplane. So it's just dreamy, you know, getting on and off ahead of everybody else. And I landed in um, uh, Michigan and uh, got picked up to go to Brian Gallup School uh, Seminar. And it's a semi-annual thing where uh, veteran makers from all over the world really are invited to come and give talks and demonstrations. Uh, Brian's school is, uh, is exemplary. It's, it's a delight to hire people out of that. And uh, he does a great job of bringing in uh, people to advance their uh, knowledge, uh, excite them about new things. And that, I, I just loved it. I got to see a lot of veterans, a lot of old friends. And that's a story in itself, seeing people for the first time since COVID in uh, many years. So that was, that was super fulfilling uh, uh, to do that. And I heard uh, uh, really important talks. One of them was T.J. Thompson, who did a beautiful thing on bar frets. Uh, bar frets aren't something that you force into uh, submission. You have to listen to the guitar talk to you, uh, both the nature of the neck wood 
uh, predicting how the neck's going to bow uh, what's under string tension because bar frets really work also as the truss rod. So placing them uh, at different, um, you know, actually different widths to get the right shape of the neck. It's really an art and it really requires mm. folk. What he, what he, his whole story was about, um, this is a job that requires really important focus. And I'm going to pass on this little anecdote for you. Um, he, uh, he said he had, uh, he had great focus when he was working within his specialty, but in his life in general, not at all. And it cost him some relationships, some marriage, uh, uh, alienated some friends. And he finally went to a counselor on this and, uh, 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 anybody that's an overachiever that does really, uh, 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 quality handwork will recognize this. He brought in a 40 style, a two style OM, that's abalone all around the top and so forth. And TG's an incredible craftsman. And uh, he wanted the shrink to know how important he was and how special he was. So he brought in the guitar and the counselor opened the guitar, looked in the case and collapsed in his seat. And he said, what did it cost you to be able to do this kind of work? Um, you're supposed to say it. That, 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 well, no, the, the answer is that's why I'm here. <laughs> and it sets a good tone here because, um, uh, you know, the nature of what we do in Luthery, if you're really trying to do the best possible, um, there's a cost. You know, there's a cost to uh, uh, the rest of your life if you're not exquisitely balanced. And uh, some of us are, some of us aren't. So TJ's talk about how to approach bar frets by getting clean in your life to start with was really powerful and really refreshing. So there's a taste of, uh, of that one. Then we flew down to the uh, Fretboard Journal Summit, which was at the Old Town School of Music in Chicago, which is a miracle in itself. Uh, this is a, a institution that teaches, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe hundreds of people how to play stringed instruments uh, each year. Uh, it does performance. It does community works. And it's the kind of thing that you might see pop up as a, uh, a nonprofit. And as long as the principal was still donating money and energy, it lasts. But pretty soon it dissipates and goes away. And this has been going on for a really long time, right in the heart of downtown Chicago. And so not only an institution, but a, 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 a you know, a, a national icon. So that was the that was the forum for this uh, this summit. And uh, a lot of guitar players displayed, a lot of individual builders, and then also some larger uh, uh, boutique people like ourselves, Collings, Bourgeois, that had rooms to display our guitars. And it was so intimate where people could come in and talk, ask questions, look at the guitars, and ability to spend quality time. Um, uh, you guys are veterans of the NAM show, and you know what mayhem that is, Uh uh, people competing just for the ability to be able to be heard in a big giant hall. But this was beautiful. Um, I saw some great performances. I saw some inspiring works by others. And the networking was, uh, you know, was, I'm going to just use a big word here, profound. Um, I hung out with uh, veterans that have been friends for decades and real pioneers. Uh, I shared a place with um, Michael Gurian. 
uh, you know, who was really seminal in the beginning of, of uh, quality guitar building. Uh, Dick Boak, who was a face of Martin for many years. Uh, Jay Hostetler, who really was at Stuart McDonald that everyone knows. And Roger Sadowski, that hardly needs any um, uh, uh, um, preface, you know. Maybe I'd say he built a guitar for Prince. How about that? Um, but these guys uh, 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 represent the evolution of guitar making over the last 50 years. It was a real pleasure to hang out with them. Um, so we we took time to have dinners. Uh, uh, I did a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with other builders. Bob Taylor was there, which was unusual um, because of his status in the industry and demands on his time. Uh, but this great, it's great to see Bob in those elements because he goes back to his roots. Uh, he's not trying to defend or promote uh, a giant uh, brand. Uh, he's himself. And uh, those things, you know, I couldn't have asked for more. I, it really made me feel um, uh, more connected, the reason why I am here. And we had a long, as I said, we had a long time with COVID where we weren't able to make those connections and things got a little conceptual, you know, a little just business. So I also gave a talk, uh, Michael Baskin does a, a luthier on luthier for uh, a fretboard journal. And it, I, I may be mistaken there, it's either acoustic guitar or fretboard journal, forgive me, where he interviews guitar makers and they tell their stories and uh, add tips. Uh, and he had asked me, if I would concentrate on the philosophy of, of what we do, um, rather than, uh, you know, oh, what's new, who have you made a guitar for, uh, uh, those kind of anecdotes. And I went deep in it. And uh, um, I was kind of inspired by TJ's talk, where he got very real in his presentation. So I spent the time answering his questions about, you know, what was our first breakthrough? What were our keys to success? Where were we going? Uh, to explain that guitar making is really the vehicle for what we do. Um, it's a wonderful vehicle. It's a beautiful thing to do, but we've got a higher purpose in this. And then as you say, shamelessly to make the world a better place. And that's what I concentrated on. And it felt really, really good to be able to tell that story where usually I'm being interviewed for, uh, you know, for more of a commercial approach. So getting away, getting out, uh, seeing uh, uh, the guitar company from the outside in was really inspiring. So I probably answered every question you ever thought of asking today there. Sorry. <laughs> not entirely, not entirely. As I posted on um, book, uh, it's your 47th anniversary. Um, Man, what a deal. <laughs> Well, we just we just wanted to confirm there wasn't a big 47th anniversary celebration plan that we weren't invited to. Well, what we did is we just took the shop out uh, for uh, dinner and uh, music at a brewery and they brought family. We wanted it intimate because this is a time we've been through a lot of transition. We're getting ready to do some new things. And we just wanted cohesiveness and, uh, you know, a big we've, you know, as you well know, we're really good at putting on giant parties, and we hope we'll do that again this year in December. Uh, but this one was for, uh, you know, the immediate family, which I do consider you and Richard a part of that. Uh, but again, apologies uh, for oh, no. keeping 
keeping it small. Um, but it was great. It, we, you know, we all got to sit at the same table, talk, ask questions, talk about the future. And it was a beautiful, it was a really beautiful thing. And uh, we had some alumni from the past, people that, uh, you know, we had our fifth employee here and some people like that. As they were telling anecdotes about the old days, this this number 47 was kind of in the second dimension for me. Um, you know, it's not not 30, 35, 40, or 50. It's 47, for heaven's sakes, easily forgettable. But as people began to tell their stories, I started to just absorb the depth, the length of time, uh, and, the, and, the, and the incredible nature of, of what this has become, you know, and I'm going to say totally bigger than me, totally out of my control. And it was really moving, uh, you know, to hear how it's affected other people. 47 years is a real long time. And uh, we're blessed to have lasted that long. But also, uh, we've had a lot of, um, you know, uh, incredible occurrences during that time, both positive, negative, up and down. And I'm going to go anecdotal again. I listened on uh, um, uh, 60 Minutes uh, on Sunday night. Uh, they did, or actually Sunday morning, they did a thing with Talking Heads, you know, David Byrne and that spectacular art school band. And and they asked the woman, um, what, uh, um, among many questions, have you ever heard each other? And she paused and she said, you know, in a family, you just don't bite each other. You take chunks out of each other. And when I look back on the company's history, you know, there's times when we took chunks out of each other and other people um, uh, just in the course of being such an intimate uh, uh, pursuit. And so it is profound. And it, it uh, I could spend that long sorting it out again. So I'm uh, I'm extremely grateful for where we are. Wait and see what we do for our 50th. Uh, that I'm I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. It, it it's such an incredible number, you know that that you've really done this. I, I, you know, um, it, we, we, when you and I were talking, it, it, mm -hmm. uh, nobody, talking you know, we've had these conversations. Nobody really knows where they are. You know, you go left foot, right foot, you make your decisions, you try to do the right thing. And the cumulative effect, uh, sometimes people don't see, you don't see it in your lifetime. Uh, but the but the length of, uh, you know, four and a half decades, uh, it does show. And, and I'm, I'm proud of that legacy. Uh, I've also had to make amends and I, and I still do for decisions I made that weren't always the best for everybody. So it's a really introspective time. That's, um, that, you know, I, I know when we sat outside and talked a couple of weeks ago, I could mm -hmm. see that. I could see that in you, that you would, you would really, first of all, you'd had a really great experience in Chicago. Oh and, yeah. And, and that is, and that, that just, your face right now, it just lights up. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful to see, but um, also as things move forward, you know, and, and Wendy and I just did our 39th anniversary on Friday. Oh, that's beautiful. Way to go. Yeah. Highly, rec Highly recommended. Probably 40, probably 42. You know, we lived in sin for a couple of years, but. Um, we practiced. Uh, it, 
yours. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we practice. Um, but uh, there's something really special about that. You know, yeah. it, it, it's something really, and, and especially in a small environment like you, you've created there and a really tight knit environment. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing, Richard. And, and, and you're not pumping out the same thing every year. You're, you're looking, you're looking down the road, you're finding new products, you're finding new, new, new wood. I know you have a wood problem, but, but you're finding stuff that, that I think everybody else would just be sitting back going, okay, you know, let's, 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 let's get on the boat and, you know, go catch a big fish or something. That's beautiful. Thank you. The, um, you know, you said I had a wood problem. And to clarify, people, that's not a problem in getting wood. Uh, that's my uh, personal uh, problem in quotation marks. And of course, I could quit anytime I want. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, wood is like, uh, just thrills me and it always will. And thanks for, you know, saying that we, uh, we keep moving forward. Um, you know, I started as a custom builder and I started Santa Cruz Guitar Company as a custom builder, but it wasn't practical. Uh, we couldn't sustain ourselves. We couldn't monetize that when nobody knew who we were and ha we had, didn't have the credibility for people to spend a lot of money on a guitar. They didn't know if it was going to come out good or not. And uh, it really took years and years to prove that with the market maturing before we could truly get into that. So it's only been, you know, within the last decade that I really feel I've been able to uh, uh, pursue my vision as the maker that I hoped to do when I started 50 years ago. Wow. That's, um, it, it, <laughs> When you think of the immediacy of the way our world runs today, um, to be yeah. any to do anything for that period of time, let, let, ride a bike, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, anything for that period of time is 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 astounding. Uh, first of all, and 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 to do it in the way that you guys do it, and you know make the world a better place you um, you, you, you know, certainly you certainly have amen to that and uh that's you know that's a a, a subject that we could go really deeply into and i'm happy to do that someday uh for right now um you know we make uh our intent is to make the best possible tool for somebody to express their creativity through the guitar playing, composition, reaching out to people, giving a message, attracting a spouse, changing an international border. It's powerful stuff. And uh, and we take it real seriously because now we're dealing, you know, even though we sell through shops, we still deal with the customer and we're dealing with one person at a time. And it's a big deal. We're not only managing the thrill of acquisition, but we're making somebody's uh, dream actualize. Uh, uh, all the different components that they hope to attain to do what they do. And it's extremely rewarding. And, and the whole company is built on relationships from uh, vendors to dealers to the customers we sell to. And it's extremely rewarding. And uh, um, 
our, our job, if anything, is to manage that important thrill of acquisition with people before, during, and after they buy the guitar. We have a lot of repeat customers. And uh, I uh, often think about how in the world could I pass this on idea on to somebody? Um, I can't unless they were here and they experienced that. And that'll be the future of the company. You know, we're not going to uh, have a strategic acquisition from a big company that wanted a boutique brand. It'll come from within. And personally, I don't need a legacy because I won't be here to enjoy it. You know, one of the lights about uh, 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 no longer being incarnate is you're not stuck with pride. Um, so what happens to the company is going to be the decision of people that succeed me. But that 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 foundation, that solid uh, realness uh, is intact for somebody to take it where they want to. I, I, you know, I, I, we, we're talking with Skip Ewing on, on the last podcast that we did. And he was, you could literally see his, his world changed when he picked up one of those baritones <laughs> and he's apparently <laughs> got two of them, but you could, you could see his world change. And we've gotten such great feedback on that one. And just people saying, this guy's unbelievable. <laughs> That's you know? wonderful. Thanks. <laughs> and I, I, I put a set of those baritone strings on, a, on, on my resonator. I finally got a set and I put them on my resonator. Oh, cool. It's tuned down to C, and oh, that's, that's perfect. A and that's a twenty-five inch scale, and it's um. Frightening. <laughs> oh, that's it's, good. It, it it is frightening to to listen to it and to hear it, and to hear the guitar never has sounded like this before. And I don't know, you know, there's a lot going on in there. I mean, there's a lot going on in the top, but there's even so much more going on on this piece of aluminum that you've kind of balanced the six strings on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that this piece of aluminum like a cup that has to mount up perfectly and, and, and all that. And I, I'm hearing things out of that guitar that I just never heard. I've been bugging Tad going, I called him when I put him on and I said, have you put these on yet? He said, no, I just, every time I go over to do it, I just end up sitting down playing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah okay i i will admit i need to put them on but i have um this problem that every time i pick up a guitar thinking that i'm going to change the strings i end up just playing and then the next thing you know it's uh, like are you coming to bat or not and i'm like oh okay well we'll, we'll do this tomorrow <laughs> i'll get it done i'll get it done Richard, that's a testament to that's a testament to what you've created completely. Well, you know, again, uh, from the philosophical point of view, for maybe people that don't know about our strings, uh, the world doesn't need another brand of strings. You know, there's lots of choices out there, but to make the best possible tool to express your artistry and creativity and your art and your heart, really, um, uh, guitar strings are not made for that. They're made to be affordable. And I use the analogy, an uh, orchestral violin player will spend 120 bucks on four strings and we spend 10 or 15. What's that about? 
Well, it's about uh, affordability, uh, to market demand, and the people make strings are, are doing a great service in allowing us that. But nobody was making the string comparable to a violin where somebody could really get great response. And, and it wasn't altruistic. I did it for our guitars so we could we could bring out truly what we're building into them. But to support that and get the price down, we wanted to scale and offer those strings to others because quantity allows you to do everything less expensively and get the price down. And it's been, it's been wonderful. So, of course, I highly recommend them uh, in that regard. And it's a game changer for people to really capable of. And also, it helps pay the rent. Yeah, so there, strings to pay the rent. <laughs> well, guitar monetized, and uh, uh, it's it's easiest to monetize when you get super efficient and you offer something at a at a price a lot of people can't afford. And there's people that do spectacular jobs of that. Everything from Taylor in the U.S. to N.J. Park with Crafter in Korea. Uh, that you know, great durable instruments that you can write a song and change the world. Um, we're what we do in our custom building uh, in the violin tradition is really laborious, customs hard to manage, and it's super expensive to do. Um, you know, the work we do, if we went back a few generations, most things were made like this, whether it was clothes or a wagon or food or entertainment. Um, it was done by hand. And that's what our economy was based on. Today, as we have our conveniences and our mass production and so forth, handwork is really expensive comparatively. And when I show what we do to some of the biggest companies in the world, uh, they're disappointed that they can't scale it larger. It just takes the work. And I'm gonna say this, at 47 years, in um, if we didn't do something unique and of true value, uh, other companies would have squashed us like a bug doing what we do cheaper. And uh, uh, it's, it's, that's satisfying. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen a Santa Cruz guitar come out of, um, of China yet. <laughs> a couple. <laughs> are, 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 there some, are there some fakes out? I, you know, it, oh, it, it, I, oh, many from all over the world. Oh, uh, but we have, I ran across at the old music mess in Frankfurt, the International Trade Show. And the guy was extremely proud and he sought me out and said, look, at, we've made a Santa Cruz better and cheaper than you can. <laughs> and he had four. And I said, thank you, I'll take them. And his translator said, you don't understand. These are just samples. And I said, I'm sorry, you don't understand. I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> and we walked away with them. You know, there's some flattery in that. And unfortunately, some market confusion. Most sophisticated players would know immediately that that's not really from our shop. But a lot of people are heartbroken to find out that they bought this guitar, their dreams came true, and it's not not only in real Santa Cruz, it's rarely a real guitar. Uh, but that's another subject altogether. You know, stick around for 47 years, everything will happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's certainly a certainly an issue out there and it certainly is it, it, it certainly does cheat people out of what the real experience is you know yeah, not it, only not out of their money but it, it really cheats them out of what the real experience is and then 
and then what happens when it goes down the road? I mean, you know, what happens when they sell it and and then it's it's out there. I mean, it, it, it's it's uh, U.S. Customs, I think, has been doing a pretty good job of late, but because I haven't seen well, as many chips um, and things. Yeah, really, no uh, access to legal recourse on this stuff because of international laws and copyright, and just you know, that's what I'm going to do with my time. Uh, chase down counterfeit guitars. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, so we just we we advise and. And inform the best we can and uh you know move on i get it i get it that's um that's about really what you can ask for um let's go back to old town school of folk music a little bit because it is i saw doc watson there in 1964. oh that's the time changed wow. my world changed yeah. my world and, you know, it was a place that I could go. I could take the train into the city and I could see people. I think I remember seeing somebody there and I was sitting in the front row because whenever they have had shows, I would be the first guy in line, you know, and stuff like that. And I remember sitting in the front row and it's a tiny little room, right? Like about 100 people or maybe 150. I, I am trying to remember the size of the room, but it, it was right. tiny. And uh, there was this unbelievable woman sitting next to me and i was like you know i'm 14 or 15 and then Rita, yeah and, and then rita, rita coolidge got up and 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 started to sing <laughs> you know got up from next to me and started to sing so there was this intimacy that happened there i mean you know five feet from doc watson I, what are you gonna do you know i mean that that, that i i saw some footage from you from uh, Red Volker who's one of my favorite guitar players on the planet <laughs> him and Bill mm -hmm. Kirshen together yeah that was probably pretty pretty magical um, it was astounding they're, they're in their 80s and their tone is spectacular uh, they've got the stuff and and they've got a context you know that you can't get unless you do something for 50 or 60 years yeah like building guitars yeah, I would love for you to be, are uh, you and Tad to be in on the conversation I had with Bill Kirchner, because uh, we were there at the same time back in the day when I was a janitor at Playland at the beach, uh, which was an amusement park, and my friend was a janitor at Family Dog, one of the real hip, you know, music venues, and uh, uh, you know we trade each other access to those, and I did. Uh, you know, I did what was called hoot nights back then, open mics all over the city. And Bill was, of course, tearing it up with uh, uh, Asleep at the Wheel and and uh, Commander Cody. And uh, uh, we told stories about the olden days. And uh, the realization is when we lived there, there was half as many people in the world. Um, and uh, the, it was it was different. <laughs> you know, access was different. Um, and I'm glad I experienced it. Yeah, yeah. It, there are a lot more people in the world, and that's true. Mm -hmm. We don't. I don't think we. I don't think. I. I don't keep that in my mind enough when I, when I look around and and some things like that. You know, I just because I'm old. You know, I, I just think everything's the way it was when I was in high school. <laughs> well, it's a, <laughs> it was, but there's so many more of us who use up the same resources, and that's 
uh, shifted the paradigm in how we deal with each other. And then again, we talked about this, um, you know, the race for efficiency and lower prices. It didn't happen overnight that we became a disposable society, but now it's so ingrained in who we are and what we do. We buy things and they're not bought to be uh, fixed repaired or passed on they're just they're consumer goods and we use them up and they make more and that's why it's so difficult to uh, uh fit in with a really a uh, serious quality product that serves uh, a quality purpose whether it's a you know watch automobile uh uh uh, a guitar but mostly where you still find that in tools of the trade where somebody that's making something has to have a super quality product that will last and so we still see it there but it's horrifying how much those things cost um yeah it'd be interesting richard to have this let's sit on the calendar and have this conversation 47 years from now and see where we've gone <laughs> i'm in um, uh, well, um, and it's it's not just having Google things me. that are are built to last. It's it's building things in a way that uh, someone with some skill and intelligence can work on them or can repair them or repair. Or, you know, to me, that's the big difference with so many things. Is I just recently bought uh, a very small amplifier from a, a very big name company, and there was a little problem with it, and I I called technical support and said. Um, you know, this is what I'm experiencing. And the guy was like, oh, well, you know, if it's under warranty, we'll send you a new one and you just throw that one out. But if it's not under warranty, there's nothing we can do. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, <laughs> have we really got to the point where, you know, these big, fancy, complex devices with all these knobs and buttons and speakers and you name it? are just simply get thrown into the trash can because of a small problem. Well, isn't that only um, to the true value of that product that it's not worth the postage to send it back in uh, and having to be open and look at it. It's cheaper for them to just to mass produce another one and send it to you. And that's not, you know, again, I, that's not judgmental. That's where we are. Uh, and I'm as big a part of it as anybody, uh, but also it's a great defense for why our guitars cost so much. Yeah. Well, and the thing to me is, is they don't even, they can't even offer the, the enough support to take it to somebody else to try and fix it, you know, to give you a, a diagram or, or a, a text sheet or anything that might help somebody else troubleshoot and solve the problem. Um, that's, that's really great. Uh, yeah. It's also, we, as all of us consumers see this phenomena where they're not allowing us to talk to people. Um, yeah. People have feelings, uh, they're sympathetic, and they might do you a service or a favor, and that's awfully expensive. So, you know, dealing with your bank online, uh, a consumer thing, a utility, who knows what. Uh, the, the, you know, the chance to talk to a human is, is purposely being taken away from us so that we can be more efficient and get the cost down even more. So uh, do we come out from all of this uh, uh, for the better? Yeah, I'd like to think so, but I don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah, yep. it, it's um, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see what it looks like. Sure. You know, uh, and and it, I mean, there are some things that, know what it's going to look like and i know i won't you know i won't be here won't be here to see it but 
I mean, we're kind of going through that with a car right now. I mean, we bought the first level Prius at 2005. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had to wait for it to come on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> it did. We had to wait yeah. for it to come on a boat because it was, it was in demand. And it's got 245,000 miles on it, and it still drives great. And I'm like, you know, maybe these first vintage were pretty good. You know, maybe they get, maybe they cared, and then, 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 and then they started cookie cutting. I, I don't well, know how we go. Oh, you know, one of the um, uh, one of the ways that pricing on all consumer goods is developed now. Uh, uh, one of the big advantages is the product can collect data. That's you know, that's a business in itself. And if you buy a new Prius or most new cars, it'll collect information on everything about you. And that's they monetize that. And that goes into part of the cost of uh, or part of uh, part of defraying some of the costs that they'll charge you for the car. Um, uh, a, A beautiful Richard Newman quote is AI will kill us. But in the meantime, it's really handy, you know, <laughs> better. And, and as, you know, as gentlemen of, of this season, uh, staying relevant is, is not only a challenge, but it's essential unless you're going to isolate and go hide out someplace. And, uh, uh, you know, those kind of things are a big part of it. And we will see it in guitar making. And, and even as, as hand custom builders, if you will, uh, we'll benefit. We'll benefit from that. And if everybody would just rest, you know, uh, calm your mind a little bit and realize all AI is, it's a search engine. And we've put so much data online now in the last 20 years that, that the AI or the search engine can collect something for your topic and put it into a, uh, a reasonable format that you can use. It has no intelligence itself. It's just collecting data. Um, and, and in that case, it's really, really useful for us. But, but I agree with you, it will kill us. Yeah, it, 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 I, I, I don't know how we got here from, from where we started, but on <laughs> 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 I, I'm, I'm Fredboard Journal, but- um, Go right ahead. Appreciate, yeah, we really appreciate your time today, Richard. I, we don't want to take up too much of it, and uh, it's really sure. good to just—it's really good to get you and 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 give everybody a chance to see you. Um, your podcasts are, without questionably, the most viewed on YouTube and SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts that we can track. You know, yours are yours are the ones that that people want to come see, and I think any chance to get a chance to not have to go to Chicago and and see you in person is valuable. I appreciate you telling me this after the interview rather than before. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's always a delight. And, uh, um, you know, you guys are both uh, personal friends. We share a lot of values, a lot of experience. And I tend to go into these things talking like we're having beer talk. And uh, you're always welcome to focus me, you know, to get something that's pertinent for your audience or what people really want to know about guitar building. But luckily, we can do it again. Yeah, I think I think beer talk. I think beer talk was very appropriate for today. Good. Um, we haven't had a chance to talk to you in a, in in quite a while, 
and I'm looking back, I'm trying to look back and see how many it's been. But last time we had you was number 56 and we're at 63 now. So yeah, we got to get, we got to get, we got to get you a little bit more. Yeah, I had a, I had a great year, but it was also Mickey mayhem and I was knocked out a couple of times with uh, injuries and we had to put things off, but uh, I'll be more careful going forward and be accessible to you. Yeah. Be careful with the, be careful with the dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I play hard. I've got a, a Labrador that shouldn't belong to anybody over 50, you know, uh, but it's worth it. You know, every, yeah. every, brain broken bone and bruise and medical expenses worth it if you have a dog that loves you yeah we we we, we uh you know we have this 140 pound puppy right now and and oh, uh, you win you win yeah yeah he uh actually here, here's a completely off-topic beer story but um about two weeks ago they're both very freaked out because of wendy's had her shoulder operated on and she's really you know she's still in a sling for six weeks and oh. nothing she can Nothing Hard, she yeah. can do. Yeah, nothing she can do. So the dogs have, are used to having her. And they've, they've, they've been some adjustments. And I was walking him in, up in our neighborhood um, a couple weeks ago. And there's this really nice big park with this absolutely enormous cypress tree that I like to just kind of sit under or kind of go hang out by or something like that. <laughs> About 10 feet in front of me, all of a sudden, this big six-point deer came out yep. from behind from behind a a uh, um, a car, and nice. then the clown then the clown car opened up, and thirty <laughs> more of them came out. And here's this eighteen month old puppy that was eight that was ten feet away from a stampeding herd, and he was either going to separate my arm from my body, or I had to I dropped the leash. Yeah, and he took off down the middle of the street at full speed, and. He's running toward this busy street and it's eight o'clock in the morning and I'm standing in the middle of a residential neighborhood screaming my screaming his name, screaming my lungs out at him. And I'm also waiting to hear the brakes on the, on the, on the busy street as he as he drives the herd into the, you know, into traffic and I didn't hear anything. And then I, I kind of looked up and way three and a half blocks away. He sees me. He's turned around and he sees me. And he comes tearing back at full, at, you know, at, at absolutely full speed. And then he's like, he's so hormoned out. He's like laying on the ground. And he's kicking his yeah. feet. And he's burying his face in the ground. He's just, you know, it, it, it's just, it, it's just absolutely hysterical. And and for for as much tragedy and and heartbreak as it could have been, something good out of it. I've been so there. <laughs> yeah we made something good out of it so thank you we will catch up shortly again uh, have a wonderful day up in santa cruz cool oh it's it's absolutely stunning today um and uh you know we've got a lot cooking i look forward to talking to you next time and catching you up on uh, news and fun wood and things that break yeah, we'll, we'll for sure uh, post a, a link to that guitar, too, that we talked about right at the beginning. Uh, thank you, Ted. You guys are awesome. Okay. As always, so much great. fun to talk to you, Richard. Hey, Have a great happy. day. Well, we hope you enjoyed this installment of the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. For more music-related fun, please join the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at 
SCGCPF or Santa Cruz Guitar Players. If you have any questions or possible podcast topics, please contact us. If you have a product or service that you feel would be of value to our listeners, please consider adding your support and keeping the coffee pot on. Contact us for more information. We ask that you hit the like, follow, bell, or bookmark buttons so we can keep you informed of upcoming podcast episodes. We hope you enjoyed Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Now it's time to go play your guitar.